CIUT 89.5 FM is the sound of your city. What I saw down here, you will take a steamer and be a dreamer in Bahama. Iling up the palm trees, the warm breeze, the calm water blue. Night for sweet romancing, the kind of dancing the maidens do. The temptation in the lyric of his magical smile You live in love all the while You in a garden of wonderful flowers When you want this tropical isle All light nights in Nassau That I saw Where men fall off ground More light nights in Nassau I saw and saw and love land. CIUT 89.5 FM, the sound of your city. Stream us anytime at www.ciut.fm. Tropical Isle, more light nights than I saw, that I saw, where men fall off and more light nights than I saw, I saw and saw. Today also, uh, interestingly enough, is CIUT's 37th anniversary on this day. So uh, 37 years of quality radio brought to you uh, by CIUT. Yeah, and uh, we'd also like to thank the listeners for helping us reach our fundraising goal over the holidays. Mm-hmm. We, re- uh, we raised 100,000 CAD, and uh, you know, it was our fall fundraising drive, technically, but mm-hmm. you know, you can't... You can extend the you fall season it. a little bit. You can you can throw in a little bit of holiday uh, giving spirit as well, you know, and we appreciate that very much, of course. Yeah, and uh, yeah, today we have an episode on the Bahamas. We talked to Adam Knowles, who is a neuroscience student. A neuroscience student, and yeah. he grew up in the Bahamas. We'll hear a little bit about his story, and uh, interestingly enough, also finding uh, some good Bahamian music. And uh, with with the Canadian connection was a little difficult for this episode due to the fact that there is a Canadian artist called Bahamas who has no relation to the Bahamas whatsoever. He's a a guy from Finland who was uh, raised in in Peterborough, I believe, in uh, raised in Canada, and um, yeah, just made just made finding that uh, that connection extremely difficult. But I thought yeah. it was kind of funny. Yeah, well, you know, and, and shout out to him, I guess. That's yeah. what we just did, right? Maybe we can, uh, we can play his music sometime. Uh, for so Finland. Maybe, maybe for Finland. Yeah. 
I don't know if it would like technically count as Bahamas music, just if your name is no, is no I don't think so. And uh, we're gonna start off the episode and take a listen to Adam from the Bahamas on Tracks from Abroad on CIUT 89.5 FM. I grew up in Nassau, which is the capital. You know, at 14, I came to Canada for boarding school, so mm-hmm. I did high school here. So, yeah. You know, everybody thinking maybe you'd go to the beach all the time, but, you know, I'm wondering, you know, living there, if it's, you know, a little different, like people maybe don't appreciate it, or it's like just your environment, right? Yeah, I mean, there's this sort of idealistic view of the Bahamas from, mm-hmm. like, the tourism standpoint, mm-hmm. and a lot of people from, like, North America and stuff move to the Bahamas who are, like, pretty rich yeah and live there and you know go to the beach a lot and that kind of thing but once you're born there and you're raised there it kind of gets old and with like the tourism industry being so big in the Bahamas is that kind of something that people maybe appreciate less or more like what's the perception as somebody being born there on you know the tourists coming in or that kind of part of the I do find that Bahamians themselves are Mm -hmm. like they tend to be really nice and polite to tourists and so like right me as like a white person if i were to talk in a more american accent mm. i'd probably find more respect from someone like sure. they treat me with more kindness because they thought i was a tourist but if i were to talk to them in my bahamian accent then i would find that they would treat me more like normally right. people tend to treat others there in a more like a bantering sort of way sort of like a you know lots of jokes are made yeah and yeah so there's a difference in the way they're treated do most people have a boat no you have people who fish for like a living uh-huh. and then you know you have like the richer people who have boats so it's not exactly an incredibly accessible thing to have a boat right so. but is there a big culture of being around the water and in the beach and things like that sort of there's definitely a sort of sea appreciating culture i mean it's okay. like in the cuisine i mean but a lot of bahamians actually don't really go to the beach very often and right. some of them don't even know how to swim so like really? it's, it's like yeah that's surprising i feel like there's a lot of cultures that you know maybe are close to the water yeah you think um, that everybody knows how to swim and then i mean that's, that's what people have told me so i don't right. know if that's actually like a true statistic okay. but okay. like you know could you tell us a little bit about the cuisine like what types of oh yeah so it's big in seafood right yeah, so a lot of fish, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but conch, you know, they cut it up and they put it into different dishes. It's kind of like the consistency of like a squid, like calamari. Okay. You have conch salad, which okay. is like chopped up vegetables, peppers, and it's like a sort of like a raw salad and just conch in there. It kind of looks like a soup almost. Interesting. It's really good. Yeah. My dad really likes it, but my favorite conch dish is cracked conch. It's like deep fried conch. It's okay. sort of like if you could say calamari. Sure. With like a side of fries, and it's nice. And then... You have conch fritters, which is like the go-to nostalgic food, which is like dough balls of okay. conch in the center, and it has like peppers in it. You know, it has its own little sauce you okay. dip it in. I think it's a Thousand Island sauce. Cool. <laughs> Just a mixture of ketchup and yeah. mayo, I think. You also have like fish dishes, like stew fish, and also chicken. A lot of like you know, jerk chicken, chicken souse. Mm-hmm. Chicken souse is kind of like a, what you can imagine, it's like a chicken soup, <laughs> sort of. That's mm-hmm. the best way to describe it. And then stew fish you'd find with like a side of like Johnny cake, which is really good. It's, mm. Imagine like a biscuit from like Popeye's, but right. minus all like the really saltiness yeah. and the buttery. It's, it's, that's and the then you taste. eat it and then your like mouth feels like a desert. Yeah. But with the Johnny cake, you don't feel like the desert. Right, right, Because right. it's less salty. That's <laughs> but true. it's good. I think that's a good time to take a little music break. Do you have a song that you can recommend we play? Bang Bang Lulu. It's by Ronnie Butler. Can you tell us a little bit about the song? What type of... I think you'd consider it Rake and Scrape. We're going to take a short listen to Bang Bang Lulu by Ronnie Butler, and we'll be back on Tracks from Abroad on CIUT 89.5 FM. 
bang bang doo Lulu's gone away Who's gone bang bang now Lulu's gone away Bang bang Lulu Lulu's gone away Who's gone bang bang now Lulu's gone away Lulu had a boyfriend Drove a garbage truck Never collected no garbage Cause all he did was bang bang Lulu Lulu's gone away Who's gone bang bang now Lulu's gone away She had another boyfriend Name was Tommy Tucker Took her in the garden To see if he could bang bang Lulu Lulu's gone away Who's gone bang bang now Lulu's gone away Lulu had a baby Named him Jungle Jim Put him in the basin To see if he could swim He swam to the bottom Came back on top Lulu got excited Pulled him out by his cocktail Ginger ale, five cents a glass If you don't like it Throw it up your Ask me no questions I'll tell you no lie Ask me again I'll spit right in your Ikey and Spikey Laying in the ditch Ikey called Spikey A dirty son of a Bring down the children Let them play with stick When they get little older They'll learn to play with Dick had a cousin Made my pressure rise All she ever wanted to do Was zoom between her High up on the mountain Sitting on the grass Her skirt was so short It showed all her Bang, bang, Lulu Lulu's gone away Who's gonna bang, bang Now Lulu's gone away Bang, bang, Lulu Lulu's gone away Who's gonna bang, bang Now Lulu's gone away Lulu had a rooster Lulu had a duck She put them in the backyard To see if they would Bang, bang, Lulu Lulu's gone away Who's gonna bang, bang Now Lulu's gone away Bang, bang, Lulu Lulu's gone away Who's gonna bang, bang Now Lulu's gone away Bang, bang, Lulu Lulu's gone away Who's gonna bang, bang
Hello and welcome back to Tracks from Abroad on CIUT 89.5 FM. Today we're talking to Adam Knowles from the Bahamas. Adam, could you tell us a bit about the different islands that make up the Bahamas and whether they sort of have different cultures or identities between them? As you know, there's sort of a, there's a lot of islands in the Bahamas. It's a, an archipelago, but you have like the main island, sort of in the center on the map. It's a uh, New Providence with the capital Nassau on it. And that's where I'm from. And you have other islands. Most of them are more like rural. We call them family islands. And then we have, I would say, probably the second largest as far as the amount of people, I believe, is Abaco, and the ethnic makeup's more white than the other islands, and the white people in the Bahamas, we call them Conky Joe, so I'm a Conky Joe. And so, I mean, the experiences of living in the Bahamas is kind of, it's definitely different depending on, you know, your ethnicity mm-hmm. and, like, where you're located in the Bahamas. So I live in Nassau, but on the east side, and on the east side, it's sort of, it's definitely the more Bahamians of the side. It's more like a culturally Bahamian it feels like and it's a bit more rough it's got more crime I'd say and on the west side is where more of the rich people live who a lot of them are either Bahamians who are rich or North Americans who like move there to live in the Bahamas but um living on the east side with just the sort of environment it was I I had like bars on my windows and barbed wire on my fence outside even though that's the island that is like the vacation destination yeah it's strange because you'll get off at the airport and there's sort of like this long road that leads you to the more touristy destinations Mm -hmm. but if you take the wrong turn you'll go into the more Bahamian sides and it feels very deliberate where you'll have like really nicer areas leading up to like the really nice areas Mm -hmm. like the Atlantis Resort Mm -hmm. or casinos like Bahamar. And so, yeah, sometimes you'll be like driving around and you'll see like a lost tourist and you're like, oh boy, <laughs> just walking it around. But, anyways, and you right. can tell them out because they look like tourists right. compared to everyone else. So, yeah. yeah. And you mentioned that there's sort of different ethnic makeups between the different islands. Does that sort of affect the Bahamian culture or is, is there still a unified culture? I would say there's definitely a, a unified culture, but there's probably, you know, there's different communities. A lot of the people on these islands, you know, they're cousins of cousins and so they know each other. So there's different communities. But yeah, I would say there is definitely a, a, a Bahamian culture. Could you tell us a bit more about that culture? I mentioned earlier, yeah. socially, people are can be quite like... Um, nonchalant you know bantering with people it's more lighthearted, more fun but then also kind of people do jabs at each other that's the sort of like social culture between bahamians but as far as bahamians to like tourists they're always very kind and polite and so like as a conky joe i can Mm -hmm. appear as a tourist if Mm -hmm. i choose to speak in my american accent and then i'll have a sort of different experience with people if i were to interact with them like this has that ever gotten you in trouble being here trying to kind of banter with somebody and maybe they don't take it as honestly i I, living in the bahamas Mm -hmm. i I didn't really like that sort of aspect okay. of the culture. I mean, like, I, I adapted to it, and yeah. I've sort of, I act like that in a way, but I've adapted it in more Canadian sense, mm-hmm. or, you know, I still like to do jokes, but I'm more kind about it. <laughs> and, um, so that, that was honestly one of the reasons why I wanted to have a change, because I didn't really feel part of the people. As Conky Joe, I sort of stuck out like a sore thumb. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not true of all Conky Joes. It's just, I think... I stuck out more because of how pale I was because mm. I'm a bit Irish. And everyone, you, know, you have other conky Joes who, have, who are more tan and look more Bahamian. And, um, you know, so it was probably one of the reasons why I moved here is because I wanted to feel that sort of kindness and connection with people. I wanted to feel more like a part of a community. Mm-hmm. So. And, you know, moving to Canada and coming to the university, I wanted to know a little bit about what you're studying about. And you mentioned a little bit why you picked to come here. But, yeah. you know, if there were other decisions in 
when I'm, like I was growing up in the Bahamas, I thought like maybe I wanted to be like an archaeologist or something or a historian because I was I was interested in that and mm-hmm. I played a lot of like history games. And then my mom is French Canadian. My mom sort of had like this sort of scheme for like a while of like maybe me going to boarding school in Canada so I could get that residency so that university in Canada would be much cheaper, which right. is what I did. And so around the time in high school, I sort of, I was in biology classes and stuff and it was, it felt much different and felt much like more deliberate in their teaching style than in the Bahamas. Like I felt like I was more nurtured in my learning and stuff. It was also a private school because it was a boarding school. Mm-hmm. But the weird thing is in the Bahamas, you have private schools and you have public schools, but the private schools in the Bahamas, you know, you do have the sort of ultra rich private schools but they feel like a public school here but you still pay to go into them you you pay for like the safety and sort of stability because in public schools in the bahamas there's a lot more um, violence and it's not quite like the environment you'd probably want your kid to you know grow up in so people who afford it they tend to send their kids to private school and a majority of the people who go to private school are bahamians and I think, like a vast majority, I think people who go to public schools in the Bahamas are like Haitian immigrants or the children of Haitian immigrants because right. we have a lot of Haitians in the Bahamas and Haitians are distinct from Bahamians, but they sort of mesh very well into the Bahamian culture and where like you don't really know until you ask, you know? Right. But that's as far as like, you know, Haitian people who've grown up in the Bahamas, you know, their parents probably still have like a Haitian accent, that kind yeah. of thing, but yeah. And do you have any interest to go back to the Bahamas and um, work there potentially? I I don't think I'll go back because it's very expensive to live there. Mm -hmm. Like the cost of living there right now is definitely causing more of a economic divide between groups where you have, you know, the ultra rich who are just kind of really rich. And then you have the poor and there's no real middle class because of just this cost of living that's sort Mm -hmm. of keeping all everyone down in this sort of way. And so like if I move there, I would want, you know, opportunities for my family as well and yeah. also like i'd prefer not to spend that much money like a grocery there's like two times as much as they are here like you go to sobeys and it's like a 100 bucks for like you know a decent amount of groceries yeah. in the bahamas it'd be like almost 200 dollars for the same yeah. amount so it's excessive and and i might live here i'm not sure i could go to like maybe the uk or mm-hmm. something yeah i don't know the world's my oyster yeah <laughs> no. yeah Going back to the different islands and the different ethnic makeup, is there a different music scene between the different islands? Or is there sort of like the Bahamian music scene? Is it all a very sort of like cross-island thing? I mean, it's kind of universal as far as like you have more Bahamian genres, like things like Rake and Scrape and the sort of things you'd hear in like the family islands. It feels more rural and it sounds more rural. Mm. Like one of the instruments they use is literally a hacksaw. And they sort of bend it and they that just scrape really it cool. with like a knife or something. Yeah. And it makes that sort of sound. Right. And that's more of like um, what you'd imagine like an older person living in the Bahamas is. That's like the classic Bahamian music. But you find that like younger people listen to things like soca and dance hall and like okay. things like that. Great. So could you give another Rake and Scrape song? Okay. Shotgun Wedding by Eddie Minnis. We'll have a listen and we'll be back on Tracks from Abroad. If you're old 
to Minnelli, you're old enough to marry she. My son, don't try to run, cause I ain't gonna miss with this shotgun. I say, man, you know things are tough, furthermore, I ain't old enough. And he stuffed me by the collar, and like a madman, he started to holler. My son, don't try to run Cause I ain't gonna miss with this shotgun I done talked to Pastor Brown She mama done buy the wedding gown So if you ain't in church on Sunday Big, big funeral gonna be on Monday I hear the My son, don't try to run Cause I ain't gonna miss with this shotgun
back to Tracks from Abroad on CIUT 89.5 FM. Today we're speaking with Adam from the Bahamas. Adam, I also have a friend who spent some time living in the Bahamas, and she wanted me to ask about Carnival Junkanoo. Can you explain what exactly that is? So it's sort of what you would imagine, you know, in Brazil, you know, they have like the parties in the streets where mm-hmm. it's like the like the floats and the stuff and the costumes and the dancing and the music. It's sort of like that. It happens around Christmas time and New Year's and it's um people make costumes made of like cardboard and like the sort of uh it's like colorful paper, I forgot what it's called. But it's really colorful costumes and mm-hmm. stuff and people have like drums and like cowbells. And so it's like it's sort of its own musical genre in itself and it's a lot of music and you know it's really fun to like watch you know around christmas time you might go with your family downtown and mm-hmm. watch the parade like they put up stands and stuff yeah junkanoo is definitely a big cultural phenomena is it celebrating a certain event or is oh, yeah. it i believe either had to do with the emancipation of the slaves or just it could have also been that the slaves were unable to perform their like cultural practices from back home and because you know they didn't have all their things with them obviously because mm. they were abroad and so what they did was find bits and bobs from like trash and garbage and make costumes out of it and like made their own instruments and that's why you have things like the cowbell you know, and like the drums are pretty easy to make mm-hmm. and yeah so it's like a sort of an ode to the culture's pre-slavery and an ode to their ancestors and the cultural identity it was taken from them so it's like a profound thing that Bahamians do but you don't really think about that sort of aspect of it like the meaning behind it when it's going on really so but definitely more of like a happy celebration yeah it's definitely a happy celebration yeah. it actually happens I think three times oh, uh, cool. one on Christmas one after Christmas, and then one on New Year's, I believe. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a lot right back to back. (laughs) Yeah. I wonder also from, like, an environmental standpoint, are people in the Bahamas especially nervous about climate change and these things that might be happening to an island nation? That's a good topic. Well, you'll you'll, you'll find a lot of people obviously are because I think the tallest point in the Bahamas, I think it's like 40 feet above sea level. Mm. Yeah. So we're very flat. (laughs) And like sometimes like it'll like rain and you'll have salt water sort of come up from like sewage systems or something. That's what my dad used to always tell me and say, never drive in them because it'll rust your car. But the Bahamas is definitely conservative in their views. It's a very Christian nation. And for some reason, there seems to be a connection between like a conservative mindset and like believing climate change isn't that big a deal Mm. and so i imagine there's probably a lot of people who don't really care about it which is kind of concerning because you know they might lose their homes in a few years yeah i mean totally different perspective but even being here like this winter has been oh yeah so warm (laughs) not like it hasn't been i mean i hope we're allegedly gonna get some snow and storm tonight but yeah when you start to really see the effects of things you know it's harder and harder to be like oh it's you know and definitely in the bahamas you can see a lot of the effects Mm -hmm. i mean you can see the coral bleaching is just so obvious like i remember as a kid like sort of going snorkeling and seeing so many more colors and like nowadays not so much and i still go spear fishing with my dad so we like go to the reefs and go down and swim with your spear and <laughs> cook him for dinner. But yeah. you'll like, you sort of notice that the sort of, I mean, it's not all gone, but it's definitely sad to see like, just like a sea of white, just coral sometimes. Mm-hmm. I guess on the topic of the environment, could you tell us a little bit about the hurricanes that you might experience? Oh, in yeah. I think I've lived through five hurricanes, but they are obviously scary. But mm-hmm. as a Bahamian, you kind of just kind of like shrug them off a little bit. Like 
obviously you have to prepare. You put sandbags in front of your door and you put shutters on your windows. But the thing about the architecture in the Bahamas is like prepared for hurricanes. Mm-hmm. We make our houses out of cement and they're always very low to the ground and we have shutters always attached. And we're like really strong ones, like around category five. I think probably, I know of Matthew, I think was category five. And I remember for that one, cause I lived in like the bottom of a valley. And so my parents were a little bit nervous about our house getting flooded. So we went to our neighbors and we lived in my neighbor's basement with no lights cause the electricity gets turned off and trees are falling over. There's branches, electrical wires are gone. People are looting stores and stuff. Wow. Like we were living in this basement with just like cans of food and like a mattress <laughs> and it's like sweaty and hot cause like, you know, it's raining, torrential yeah. rain outside. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember my dad, I don't remember why we left but we were like, gotta go out for some reason. So we're like, we're taking the car and it's still like torrential rain. And then like this massive tree is like falling over and like block the road. And my dad goes out with a machete, just op- like opens the way. I'm like, all right. I remember passing a store. It was like a sort of phone store where you buy like your service minutes and stuff. And like the metal sheet, like a garage door had been like pried open, but it wasn't by the storm. It was by people looting yeah. it for like iPhones. <laughs> I was thinking, ah, that's crazy. But um, yeah, so it is quite a dangerous, especially in the Bahamas sometimes. Like the last really decimated a lot of areas in the family islands. So we had a lot of people moving to Nassau and having to live with like quote unquote foster families sort of like as refugees. Would you recommend that people see certain things when they go to uh, the Bahamas from from a local? You can go to, like, things like Atlantis. That's, you know, it's good fun. You know, Mm -hmm. the the water slides and stuff if you've got, like, family. And if if you like gambling and living, like, the Las Vegas life, you go to, like, the Bahamar Casino. There's also a casino in Atlantis. But, um, you know, there's just pick a beach, and every beach is pretty good. But if you want a real Bahamian experience, like right over the bridge, because there's like a bridge to Paradise Island from Nassau, and underneath the bridge, you'll find these sort of vendors that have made their little shops out of like plywood. And it's like right on the water, and then they come with their boats and like dock in their little vendor shop, and then they'll sell the stuff they caught, but not just sell, like they'll cook it up. Like you'll have real authentic Bahamian food, like freshly caught. And so if you want to like feel what it, like the Bahamian atmosphere, I'd say go there. I mean, it's relatively close to Paradise Island. Yeah, if you're up for a little adventure, you could do that. And there's obviously like historical sites. There's um my favorite, which is like really out of the way and no one knows about is Blackbeard's Tower. <laughs> so it's actually a place where um, Blackbeard had like hid from like the British because uh, the New Providence used to be like a pirate's republic or something like that. Yeah. And I remember like, and there's like no like tourist infrastructure there. It's literally just in the bushes hmm. and you have to find this little path that goes there. My dad showed it to me. It's really small. It's kind of weird to be there. It's like to think that like Blackbeard was there. It's not like a crazy tourist like attraction, but if you want to see some historical site and have an adventure on, along the way, because it's kind of out, of out of the way, you can go do that. Well, Adam, thank you so much for coming on the show and teaching us about your Bahamian culture and a, bit, a little bit about the Bahamas. To end off, can you give us one more recommendation of a song that we should play? Most people don't know, but mm-hmm. Who Let the Dogs Out is actually a Bahamian song. Amazing. So, Who Let the Dogs Out by Bahaman, I think it's called. Yeah. yeah. We're going to have a listen to Who Let the Dogs Out. And this has been Tracks from Abroad on CIUT 89.5 FM. Who let the dogs out? Who- Calling. 
Welcome back to Tracks from Abroad on CIUT 89.5 FM. You just heard from Adam Knowles from the Bahamas, and we'd like to thank him officially for coming on the show. Uh, thank him for his stories in particular. There are a bunch mm-hmm. of stories that he told us that didn't make the cut. Like um, he was spearfishing. He told us about when he went spearfishing. And right. in my mind, I imagine someone who is, you know, like shin deep in a river, kind of stabbing at the water. You know, that's yeah. pretty dangerous. You could stab your toe. That would be... That'd be really bad. If you don't but, know how to handle the spear. Exactly. But uh, no, he told us about how he would go underwater holding his breath for right. over a minute to uh, sneak up very slowly behind a fish. And yeah, he said that he could hold his breath for up to three minutes when yes. he was doing it a little more consistently. Yeah. And uh, and of course, with all the, the wildlife down there, you come into uh, scrapes with moray eels. He right. almost got into a, a, a tassel with a, with a moray eel yep. or a poisonous stonefish. So... That was really uh, amazing to hear from, and amazing to hear that you just go home and then cook your dinner. Yeah. It's like Bahamian takeout. That's amazing. Yeah, it's like uh, Express. 
like exactly. Uber Eats. Exactly. But you just go into the water yourself and then it's, you just it's stab like, a bunch of fish. It's like Uber Eats, but you do all the work yeah. uh, rather than someone else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what you just heard from, what we just heard prior to this segment right yes. now is uh, the one and only who let the dogs out. Seth, you're just you're just anxious to I'm get this off to your tell chest. The story about who let the dogs out. Um, which, you know, a song that many people know from being played in sports arenas or parties, whatever. I, I don't know if there's really been a conclusive answer as to who did let the dogs out. I think it might be Cedric, but yeah, I don't tune, know. In, tune in next week on Tracks from Abroad and we'll uh, we'll give you a little insight into that. But there but regardless of that there is a lot of controversy surrounding who let the dogs out. There's a whole documentary on this topic. And uh, actually, if uh, you're familiar with 99% Invisible, it's another podcast. Um, they have an episode on it, which I had first heard about this a-, a while ago. But basically, the Baja men who wrote and performed this popular version of Who Let the Dogs Out, they had actually taken that hook and a lot of the song from another musician called Anselm Douglas, who's a Trinidadian musician. And uh, he had a song called Doggy, which basically is the same chorus and a lot of the same uh, arrangements and uh, musicality as Who Let okay. the Dogs Out. And it was kind of, the song was meant to be, you know, against men who would catcall women at parties. And okay. kind of, you know, they were uh, making the party unenjoyable and making people uncomfortable. So that was the, the meaning of his song and kind of the meaning of Who Let the Dogs Out. But actually, Anselm Douglas had heard that hook from two radio hosts of a Toronto-based radio show. I don't remember their names off by heart, but they had created a bunch of jingles and Mm -hmm. little little sound bites. And Mm -hmm. one of them was Who Let the Dogs Out. Okay. And if you're interested to hear more, you can go and check out that uh, that documentary. And it, it explains even more about, you know, potentially before that. There might have been somebody else who let the dogs the out. The fact that it, the, the dogs being let out is a historic trend, basically. Yeah. It's, not a, it's not a recent phenomenon. Exactly. I'm curious, in what sense is the song uh, like against catcalling? Is it, is, it like the, is it reverse catcalling? Like when, uh, when men walk in the room, you ask, who let the dogs out? Or are you calling them dogs? For yeah, you're calling cat- the men dogs. They're, oh, okay, they're, they're acting out of... They're, they're misbehaving. Yeah, yeah, I see. Who let mean. the dogs out? What are they doing? And, yeah, uh, yeah, okay. Why are they ruining the party there? I see. They're being unruly. Okay. Well, that's, I'd say that is the most educational segment I've ever heard on this uh, on this show. Sure. And I appreciate that. So uh, what we're coming up next on uh, on the rest of the episode is we have uh, another smorgasbord of uh, Bahamian music. We have some classic rock. You like you like that smorgasbord? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hear a lot of words like that. Uh, uh, Rosa earlier said persnickety, and I was just <laughs> oh, okay. shocked. That's why she's a producer and yeah. uh, has the big diction. But um, yeah, so we'll uh, we'll hear some classic rock, and we'll hear some <laughs> hear some R and B too. Some uh, an R and B hit from the '80s that was uh, nominated for R and B single of the year. In fact, so uh, we'll have a listen, and we'll be right back on tracks from abroad. You don't know what's going on You don't know what's going on You can't make the world go round You don't know what's going on You get a day and tomorrow you're gone When the holy cow is milking And 
the greenbacks are rolling You are king and queen in But when the greenbacks turn brown And you fall down What you gonna do, baby?
Hello, hello, and welcome back to Tracks from Abroad on CIUT 89.5 FM. You might have a little bit of a whiplash from hearing that uh, classic rock song after all of the soca and, you know, rake and scrape and calypso music that we've been listening to from the Bahamas. But that band that just, uh, the, the song we just heard, 18 in Life by Skid Row, the lead singer of the band, Sebastian Bach, was... Uh, actually born in the Bahamas and lived in Canada. So he's a Canadian, Bahamian, American singer. And he also had a brief acting career as well. You might have seen him in Gilmore Girls and some other shows. This isn't the German Johann Sebastian Bach. No, no but okay. who never, we never know. They could be related. <laughs> Maybe. And uh, Alex, I also wanted to tell you a little bit of a story because I realized today when I came to the to the show and when I came down to school today mm -hmm. that I actually have a perfect shirt that I could have worn for this episode okay it's a Bahamian sleeveless shirt and I was given to it by this guy who claims that a Bahamian tennis player from the 2012 Olympics who was in the opening ceremonies he wore it in the opening ceremonies and he gave it to this guy mm -hmm. and then somehow I acquired it I have tried to look up many times <laughs> if there were any Bahamian tennis players in um, the 2012 Olympics right. and I have not found a single one. <laughs> so I even looked it up today again. I was like curious. Maybe I had the year wrong, but um, if, if anybody knows of any Bahamian tennis players that could have been active in the Olympics around then. Yeah, email us on tracksfromabroad <laughs> at CIUT.fm. Yeah, please let me yeah. know because it's one of the big mysteries of my yeah. of my life. Not, not only whether he wore this shirt, but whether he exists right. at all is yeah. the question. I looked yeah. up, there are some Bahamian tennis players, but None. 2012, uh, then it gets a little foggy. Okay. Um, we also want to thank the team here at Tracks from Abroad. We could not run this show without you. Bortek, Matthew, and Rosa in the studio right now. We also have director Elzbieta and social media managers Akshida and Isabella, as well as... Alex, my co-host. Of course. Thank you very much. And also thank you to the listeners. Thanks for helping us reach our fundraising goal. Uh, thanks for putting up for, with us as we, uh, as we struck our funny bone a little bit on our last spoken midpoint. Uh, and coming up next is going to be uh, Indigenous Waves at 7 o'clock, of course. And um, what we're going to play you out with is a song by Johnny Kemp, a, uh, a song from the late 80s that was actually nominated for uh, R&B Single of the Year. Mm. So have a listen. Tell us if you think it should have won. And we'll be back next week at uh, 6 to 7 on CIUT 89.5 FM. This has been Tracks from Abroad.
Shaking all around the way you move. 